Welcome to the Incomplete Podcast, hosted by Kelly. As if a defense can predict you, a defense can defend you. All I received was a meme of Forrest Gump that said, I may not be a smart man, but I know John Elway is GOAT. In time, you could see that he's clearly interfering with them. He's grabbing a hold of his jersey. He's, you can even see him tugging on it as fans trying to catch the ball. If you saw me right now, if you and I came face to face, hands are gonna be because no one messes with my Broncos. Strap up and protect those chains. They will have the opposing passes go. Come to this after we all we've been through. Usually a pair, now on opposite sides. Who would have guessed that we would be here facing each other for all of the marbles? We are closer than ever, but now we must face each other and we must have trust in our players. No matter what, let the game begin. No matter what, may the best friend win. No matter what, this is our champion fight. No matter what, we are always friends forever. No matter what. Welcome, incomplete listeners. Decided to do a little song because Kelly and I are going to be facing each other for the Fantasy Football Championship. Um, very big game. Uh, who would have thought that it would have been the two of us um, facing off for all the marbles? So this league was set up a friend of ours, uh, Ben, and somehow we both managed to get to the finals. Um, I know I didn't expect it, but it's going to be fun. And we are going to be running, we are running a contest. For it. So stay tuned on Sunday for some phase two for everyone that has already done phase one. Um, but yeah, when you're a dynamic duo or facing off a championship fantasy football game this weekend, it should be fun. Um, unfortunately, Kelly was unable to make it today. Um, she's a little under the weather um, and has no voice. She wanted to wish everyone a happy new year. And if she could talk, she would definitely be here. So we want to send our very best wishes to Kelly in a speedy recovery. Um, so today I'm going to be doing it solo. So we're just going to get right to it. Uh, we have made it to episode 75 of Incomplete. We are inching ever so close to 100. It won't happen until next season, but... We shall get there. But let's get right into the action of today's episode. Um, 
sadly we are dealing with another Broncos loss. Um, we end up losing to the Las Vegas Raiders by a score of 17 to 13. It was a strange game that Denver should have won, but the coaching had failed the team. Um, defense could only hold for so long. And for the second straight year, the Denver Broncos were swept by the Las Vegas Raiders. And so now we're dealing with consecutive losing streaks to the Raiders and the Chiefs. So you can tell how terrible these past six years have been, especially since our Super Bowl victory. There was some good in this game. We had a Bradley Chubb interception that led to the only touchdown, which was ran in by Javante Williams. And it was a very acrobatic play because Derek Carr had stepped back and was attempting the screen. And Chubb took off like an astronaut, batted it up, and managed to recover in time to intercept it. And he was oh so close. If his elbow had not hit before the ball crossed the plane, he would have been good to go. Um, Drew Locke was good. He actually did pretty well. He was 15 to 22 for 153 yards. And the important part is he did not turn the ball over, which is something that us as Broncos fans have been wanting for some time. Um, I think the worst part about this game was that was the turnover differential. We had, we turned, no, we committed three, not we committed, <laughs> we forced three turnovers and the Raiders were unable to force any. Usually you look at that. We com we forced three turnovers and the Raiders aren't able to force any of their own. But, oh, yeah, we should definitely win. We definitely won that game if you looked at the stats alone. Or basically that stat alone. Um, but I think we were only the fifth or sixth team in NFL history. Or we actually might have been the first team in NFL history to have a plus three turnover differential and still lose the game. Uh, Jerry Judy did pretty well through receptions for 60 yards and Shelby Harris with one and a half sacks. So those were like our only goods. So now we're going to get into the bad part of everything. If you as a team can only rush for 18 yards in a 60-minute football game, that is very embarrassing. I think that is the first time since, I want to say it was like the early Bronco years that we were held to under 20 yards rushing. Um, Melvin Gordon ended his day with negative four yards rushing. So that's definitely not good. But our offensive line just was not doing well. Obviously, because we had to deal with a bunch of injuries, among other things. Uh, Lord Cushenberry was out. So we had a completely new center. Um, Garrett Bowles and Dalton Reisner just did not have good games. Uh, just the whole offensive line as a whole was terrible. So it's tough to win a game when you are forced to be one-dimensional, and the one dimension of that being a quarterback who is making his first start in 
who knows how long it since the end of the season last year. Drew Locke was basically thrown into the fire and expected to do well, which he did well. It's just the rest of the offense could not execute properly. And it's a shame because this game, we definitely should have won this game, especially the fact that we were up 13, 13 to 7 at the half. But that's actually another bad I want to cover was that first drive for the Raiders, our defensive line got gashed like run after run after run josh jacobs ran all over them i believe they had like somewhat of 60 something yards rushing 61 yards rushing i believe on that drive alone and that's not good that is definitely not good coaching couldn't get things figured out it was just a really strange game and it's tough to win games when you become one-dimensional. And it's tough for a defense seeing your offense going three and out and continuing to have to try out there. You, like, finally get them to that three and out, and they punt it away. So you're like, okay, we got some time for rest. Now you've got basically a minute or two of rest, and then you got to get right back out there. So with that loss, our playoff chances have gone downhill it's like almost non-existent it's like a less than a point it's definitely less than one percent chance of making the playoffs basically everything has to go denver's way they need to win their final two games and get a lot of help from i want to say at least six or seven other teams is that going to happen crazier things have happened but i just don't see a situation where it happens especially with what we have to deal with this week, which we will cover shortly. But with that being said, I'm not going to talk about the Raiders game anymore. Rather, J.R. Smith it out of my head. And we're going to move on to, oh, before we move on to our next segments, want to send our deepest condolences to the Reeves family. Uh, this, this Saturday morning, uh, we had found out or Broncos Country found out that Dan Reeves had passed away. Um, he was the second most winning coach in Denver Broncos history. Has led, led the team to four four Super Bowls, if I'm not mistaken. And he played in two others as a player. Um, and he also went to one as he went to one as a member of the New York Giants coaching staff and one as a member of the Atlanta Falcons coaching staff. Um, I think he had been to nine, nine Super Bowls, which is like third most all time. So we want to send our deepest condolences to the Reeves family and that we are very sorry for their loss. Moving on to Pro Bowl snubs, um, Shelby had mentioned this to us on the last podcast, right? Like literally right after we went off the air. So the Broncos have zero players that were named to the Pro Bowl. They had three that were named as alternatives, but for the first time since 1980, no Broncos make the Pro Bowl. And it's a real shame because Justin Simmons should have been one that would have should have gone in um 
But to me, it just kind of proves that the Pro Bowl voting is a huge popularity contest. You could have players like, let's take Patrick Mahomes, for example, who had a really rough start to the season. And yet he's been named to the Pro Bowl because it's a name that's well known. Um, I haven't looked at the entire Pro Bowl roster, but I feel like a lot of the players that are on it are either there, are mostly there because of popularity contests. Like they're well known names and the fans keep voting them in and in and in and in. When who knows, maybe they haven't done a whole lot. So I think I'll have to talk to Kelly and see. So, Kelly, if you're listening to this, I have an idea for Kelly Plays Kamish when you return about a better Pro Bowl voting system. Because I think that does need to change. Uh, Patrick Sertan and Garrett Bowles were named alternatives. Uh, Bowles has done pretty well this year, um, especially after he got that huge contract last year. Then Patrick Sertan to be named an alternative as a rookie cornerback is very impressive, if I do say so myself. So a small golf clap to our three alternatives. I assume with all the opt-out and the two teams that make the Super Bowl, I'm I'm hopeful that at least one of these guys will get to play in the game. But I guess that's something we'll see. But let's move on to our next subject, which is uh, DeMarcus Ware was named a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I believe it was Thursday or Friday night. I cannot remember. I think it was Thursday night. Um, He helped the Broncos win Super Bowl 50. He was a very well-played, not well-played, jeez, I can't even think of my words today. I own, like, like JT Matthew says, I own up to my mistakes. Um, he was a longtime player for the Dallas Cowboys and came to the Broncos in 2014, the year after the dreaded Super Bowl 48. Um, I think what symbolizes Von, not Von, <laughs> what symbolizes Demarcus Ware's presence with the Broncos in the short time he was there was him being a mentor for Von Miller. We've said time and time again, like how Von Miller was on a downward trajectory. I hope I said that right. And that DeMarcus Ware was the one that pulled him to the side and like, I'm going to take you under my wing, be the mentor. Because I think Von Miller really needed that as he was a player who was only in his fourth season, fourth year in the league. Yeah. Yeah, fourth year. And so he was getting pretty close to the contract years. And so and he, he was already dominant. It's just I think he needed that little extra push to be better. And DeMarcus Ware was someone that really helped him out with that. And DeMarcus Ware was a really great player on his own. He, um, Sorry, I'm trying to think for a second. I think one thing I can remember from him was his fake spin against the 49ers when Peyton Manning broke the record for most touchdown passes in the season because that thing was that was a thing of beauty. 
Uh, we'll know more about DeMarcus Ware if he gets into the Hall of Fame during Super Bowl week. I believe it is February 6th is when we'll know. I'm, fa- I'm fairly certain. I might be wrong, but we'll look more into that. Um, but here's hoping that DeMarcus Ware gets into the Hall of Fame. And I want to set this as a reminder that a player that goes into the Hall of Fame doesn't go in as one team like baseball does. They go in as being a member of however many teams they were in. So let's not claim DeMarcus wears a Bronco. DeMarcus wears a Bronco. He was with the Cowboys his, pretty much his entire career. He was with us for about a good three for a good like three years. So just because he won a ring with us doesn't mean he's a doesn't mean it's a Bronco for life situation. I know I saw all over Twitter it's like, oh, fix that because they showed that Marcus wearing a Cowboys uniform. He played for both teams. So don't get it twisted. Just let him go, let the process go. He'll be Hall, there'll be there'll be another Broncos Hall of Famer, but he technically played most of his years with the Cowboys. But this also raises a question that Cameron Parker brought up. Should DeMarcus Ware be put into the ring of fame? The Denver Broncos ring of fame. You can say so. My only issue with it is that he wasn't there for four years. And so it'll, it'll be a very hard It'll be really hard to convince everyone that runs that ring of fame to waive that portion of it and get him into the ring of fame despite only playing for three years. But congratulations to Marcus Ware and hopefully we will see you in the Hall of Fame soon. Now let's move on to our game of the week. And I have two for you this week. First one is on Monday Night Football between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is basically an elimination game for both both of these teams. So the winner has a better shot at getting into the postseason. The, whoever loses this game, their season is over. Um, an old-time rivalry between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Uh, ben Roethlisberger versus... Baker Mayfield, sorry, I didn't think of that for a second. Uh, ben Roethlisberger went on record saying that this is probably his last home game with the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I have the sense he is probably going to retire at the end of the season. Um, I don't know if him saying all this is just trying to give the Steelers added motivation to get to the postseason. Sorry, lost my train of thought. Um, kind of the same way with Jerome Bettis and uh, uh, Ray Lewis. Thank you. Um, but it should be a solid game. And if you have, if you want to stay up and watch the game, I think it'll be a good one. My second game of the week is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati, not Cincinnati, the Kansas City Chiefs have a chance to lock up the number one overall seed, the first round bye, and home field advantage. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals are right now 
competing for a playoff spot. I believe if they win, they're in the playoffs. Um, Joe Burrow is coming off of a tremendous passing performance against the Baltimore Ravens, where he threw for 525 yards, which I believe that's the most ever for a second-year quarterback. Um, but the duel between Mahomes and Burrow should be very interesting. That one will be on Sunday at 1 p.m. So if you want to watch before the if there's a game to watch before the Broncos play, I would highly recommend this one. Let's go with that one. Now, let's get to our game. The Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, this is another game that's basically an elimination game. The winner has a good shot at staying in the playoffs. And then, of course, the loser of this game is eliminated. The Chargers' chances of reaching the playoffs are actually a lot bigger than the Denver Broncos. So this is basically a much-win game for Denver. If they're going to win this game, they're going to have to rely on a lot of backups, basically. This week, the Broncos were hit with a lot of COVID problems. Um, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Caden Stearns are among the players that are going to be missing Sunday's game due to uh, due to COVID protocols. Not sure what their status is as far as like being positive for the virus or they're in close contact, but it seems like it's that bad that they're not going to be able to play. Um, one thing to keep an eye on is Cortland Sutton. Um, it's been kind of alternating, like if he's hit protocol or if he's going to be playing. Right now, his status is questionable. Basically, what it tones down to is if Cortland Sutton does end up not playing, the Broncos wide receiver core is pretty much going to consist of Kendall Hinton. <laughs> and said, I can't even remember most of it. And it's Seth Williams and a couple practice squad guys. So hopefully Cortland can play, but it's not looking good. Um, Bill Kohler is also out. Um, our defensive line coach due to uh, COVID protocols. And even GM George Payton will not be traveling with the team to Los Angeles because he had tested positive. So it's it could we could basically see a makeshift team out there on Sunday against the Chargers. Um, both these teams could be battling for second or third place in the AFC West, depending on what happens with the Raiders. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to give it to you straight. This is going to be a tough test for Denver, especially with all these protocols, testing positive, all this. Um, as a person that is very optimistic about this team, when we are on the air, I don't have much faith that they're going to win this game. If they win, I'll be very surprised. But I think a lot of, a lot of, I think it's starting to get into that checkout state that there's no way we're going to make the playoffs and it's just going to be 
just a sloppy mess out there on Sunday. Hopefully Drew Block does well and doesn't turn the ball over again. But I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? All I'm going to say, though, is this. Um, as I quote the office's Michael Scott, no question about it, I am ready to get hurt again. But we'll see what happens. Maybe they pull something out of the hat and get the victory. But not much you can do. But with that said, I know it's going to be a short, it's a short episode. And that's really all I have for today. It's very tricky not having a... It's very tricky doing things solo. I commend everyone that ever does it. Like, I think I said that last year when I had to go solo. But hopefully Kelly is back next week as we cover the final game of the season. I do know that next week we will... I'm going to aim at us having a guest. So... Who's that guest going to be? We're not sure. But we'll let you know when we find out. If you do want to enter the contest, stay tuned for a poll on Sunday. Just as a friendly reminder, um, the uh, prize is a $50 uh, gift card to the DNVR locker. Uh, shout out to Lindsay Spano for helping out with that a little bit, figuring things out. And shout out to the wonderful people at DNVR. One more thing, if you can, go to DNVR. They are doing um, a fundraiser for the wildfires that ravished Boulder, Colorado over this pa- the pa- a couple days ago. The, the people there really need it. There were tons of businesses. Uh, work buildings and homes that were completely destroyed by the wildfires that happened a couple days ago. So do what you can to help, help out your fellow man. And let's hope that 2022 is a good year for us all. But that's all I've got. So, if you want to find us on Twitter, you can find Kelly at I Love to Leap and myself at TieFlyGuy15, or reach us both at the same time at in underscore com underscore pleat underscore two. And as Kelly says, because there are two of us, questions, comments, suggestions, song requests, any of that, you can reach our mailbox which is in underscore com underscore pleat at outlook.com. With that being said, thank you all for tuning in. And until next time, go Broncos. Thanks for listening to the Incomplete Podcast. Tune in next time for more Broncos news from two of your favorite fans. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and share the podcast with your friends and family. Go Broncos!